All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Hey, How You Doing? This is your host, Jimmy. We're here with, I'm proud to say, our first returning guest, Mr. Marvin Grambling, competitive eater. How you doing? Hey, buddy. Good to be back. Yeah. Happy holidays. It's been a while. Uh, hey, happy holidays to you, too. Hope yeah. everything's going good with the family. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a Jew, so I, I don't really, really know the, the ins and outs of Christmas. But look, tell me. I don't know. Did you celebrate with family? What did what, you do? Yeah, I'm here in Philadelphia with me and my brothers and my, you know, my Glamazon mother and my shrimp dick little father. You brought them um, all out, huh? We, yeah, we're all together in Philly. We're, we, we had a, a, an 18-inch long sub for Christmas Eve dinner, and we've been having a nice time. What else do you do? I'm, I'm sure eating is on the docket, but... Uh, yeah, you, you bet your sweet bottom. We, we play games. We play apples to apples. We do the cards against, you know, war crimes, humanity or whatever. Um, but, I'm you know, what, what's going on on your end? You know, the last time we spoke, you said, oh, I'm getting a menorah. And I said, oh, what the fuck is that? Yeah. So, look, it's the Festival of Lights. So a menorah is a type of a type of candle. And, uh, you know, we, we sit around. It's eight nights and we spin dreidel. Um, you know, we had a nice time. I was here with family. Uh, good to be back. So, so talk to me. I, I'm I'm in the weeds about Christmas. Yeah. What's what's the significance? Well, it's, I think you know. Of course, you know. I, I never had a confirmation or anything like that. You know, grambling. Who the fuck knows where that is? It could be from you know von Dutch family legacy or something. But uh, you know, every Christmas Eve we'd go to mass. You know, in in downtown Philly. You know, my father would have to fight a couple people off with a bat just to get back to the car after mass. Right. I think Jesus was born on the 25th. And and then Easter, of course, is when he, you know, kicked the bucket and returned back a couple days later. Kind of like me on spring break, Daytona. Yeah, yeah, Daytona. So that's on. I got a whole list. I got a whole map here of places I want to go. Daytona is one of them. Oh, uh, uh, I mean, you're looking for culture. Look no further than Florida. I mean, you look you're seeing some of the best and the brightest people, some of the best beach bods in the world. You know, they call it God's waiting room for a reason because it's so heavenly. Right. Right. So uh, how are you doing? How's life? How's the uh, are you still back on the circuit or, or trying to get there? Well, you know, because of this whole Corona beer virus thing, um, I've taken a bit of a hiatus from, you know, the, the competitive dumpling circuit. Things are safe in Asia, but I am not legally allowed to be there because of my passport because it was flagged by a couple different organizations. But, you know, I'm, I'm working at home. You know, I'm trying to do task rabbit stuff. You know, I'm, I'm freelancing a lot. Wait, who's kind doing of, the Like you're trying to get a guy to do the task rabbit or you're working the task? No, I'm the, working task rabbit now, Jimmy. I, I forgot to mention this the last time we talked on the phone. So you're the guy. So people hire you to do to do what? Well, you know. Well, you know, first off, you know, the, uh, a perfect example. A couple of days ago, I was at, you know, some I look like it looked like a sorority house or something. They said, can you hang a couple floating shelves and, and put some eucalyptus on it? I said, no problem. How much is that? And they said, a hundred bucks. I said, fuck, yeah. That's a anyway, big increase. You were, you would do eating dumplings for a buck. I, I was making 10 bucks a pop on sashimi, Jimmy. This is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling in gold right now. Was able to get everybody a nice Christmas gift. You know, uh, everybody got a gift card to Home Depot. 
And I'm just, you know, I'm happy to be making consistent money. That doesn't mean that doesn't have anything to do with me shoving things down my gullet. Right. Right. Is that a permanent lifestyle that you, that you want to move towards it? Like I, I, I feel for you. I mean, you're such a, a, a figure in the competitive eating world that it's sad to see you go. Are you hanging it up? That's very nice of you to say. I have trepidations about returning, but I, you know, they call it the gig economy. Now all this task rabbit stuff, I call it the gag economy because it makes me sick going into different people's homes, you know, got to wear a mask and I'm hammering away at a wall where there's a poster of, I don't know, Leonardo DiCaprio in Django Unchained. Ridiculous. So I'll, I, I'll get back to the competitive eating, but I, I hope to get back, you know, East, as they call it, you know, right. sometime in June of 2021. Right. And so what? You're using all these task rabbit things to save a couple of bucks. Exactly. Accumulate some capital. You know, I, I was thinking about doing a, a road trip somewhere, you know, to the West Coast, maybe. And I got a couple hundred bucks to spend. That's good. That's good for you. Good for you. I, I'm dying to see you back. So like we were talking last time about your daily routine. You wake up, yep. you eat a bunch of Cheez-Its. Yep. Anything change with that? Well, so that's so funny you say that. That's, you know, the part of the, my routine that's actually altered the most is breakfast. I have since moved away from the Cheez-Its due to, you know, I hired a new manager who's been helping me out. Right, Bobby and V. He, Bobby V, he's hit the he, bricks. He got cut due to, due to his gushers intake. And my new guy... Name is Jose Canseco. He said, Marvin, do a bag of Haribo gummy frogs in the morning and right before you go to bed. Jimmy, Wait. I tell you, I have never felt better. Wait, you mean the Jose Canseco? Yep. I was referred to him through a buddy of mine who, who was juicing a lot in the in the 80s and 90s. And Jose has been working out great. I mean, he, the guy flips his handle and loses his mind pretty quickly. But other than that, you know, I'm in tip top physical shape. Is there, is, I'm curious about the business. Is, is there some sort of like governing body to, to the world of competitive eating? Like I, Canseco with a checkered past, I'm sure he's got, it, there might be some complications down the line. Yeah. So unfortunately, the name for the organization is WWE, Worldwide Eaters. But it has been usurped and eclipsed by the successful wrestling federation. So they don't get as much play, which is why, in my opinion, I've got to go and hire celebrity trainers to promote me on Instagram. Uh, what, what do you mean? You know, I got to, you know, Jose Canseco, pretty big deal. So, you know, he gets me enough exposure. Hopefully he doesn't expose himself in a parking lot and, you know, we, we do work together and I, you know, I'm, I'm eating into his engagement, his followers, I'm building my brand. Right. So it's like, it's like public relations. It's not only like PR, it is PR, Jimmy. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, look, I, I want to go back to something. You, you said your passport was flagged. Oh what? boy. I, I didn't hear about I know we got lunch that one time. Yeah, lunch that, was that good. Was an, that was interesting for me to, to be next to a competitive eater. Yeah. No no utensils on the table either. Right. That you requested it. Yep. So what? Flagged for what? You get you get in a little trouble? Well, yeah. So the last time I was leaving, you know, I was going back home to Philly. This was probably eight or nine months ago now at this point. I was flagged at Heathrow because I tried to sneak in two bottles of Svedka and a small pressure cooker 
onto the airplane. And, you know, they were not having it with the Svedka and they were certainly not having it with the, you know, the improvised homemade bomb. No, that that's pretty. Uh, that's that's grounds for. It's grounds for arrest, to be honest with you. I was lucky to get away with just a passport flag and losing 10,000 in United Airline miles. Right, right. And and what, like, is <laughs> a slap on the wrist? Well, you know, it was a kiss on the lips and a slap on the wrist. I I, I was in a holding cell at Heathrow in, in the UK for about eight hours. Right. You know, what is your association with the Taliban? You know, who is this guy, Mr. Conseco, who you've been consulting with? You know, the pressure cooker. It was really it was meant it was meant for my my, you know, it was meant for my nieces and nephews to play with back in uh, Philly. But I obviously should not have bought that, brought that on a uh, business class. Right. Maybe coach, maybe coach, you get away with it. Yeah, no, no I haven't been on a plane this whole time. I've just sort of stayed inside. In fact, I, I developed a bit of a new hobby. Um, Talk to me. I, I don't know. I just, look, I like, love music, big music lover for, for a long time now. So I, I actually go on something like, like TaskRabbit, I forget what it's called, and start taking piano lessons. Whoa. I, I'm no good. I'm no good. So, Jimmy, you buried the yeah. lead, buddy. You're, you're a new John Legend? No, more like the, the king of hot cross buns. Oh God! So if what about I you? Know. You you pick up any uh, what, I don't know, COVID hobbies? What are we? Yeah, doing? you know, everybody was getting into bread at the beginning of the quarantine, and I said, you know, not for me. I'm too busy shoving my gullet anyway. So I have taken up the Peloton. Was working out on a Peloton for a while, and then I got bored of that. So I started to get into a. I started writing a little bit, and I started writing children's choose your own adventure novels. Any any example? Yeah, I got one about this kid who's stuck in a labyrinth and he's and he's got to make out with a minotaur to escape. How's it end? Well, oh, you want to reveal the ending? Well, you know, they, they the people can check it out on Scholastic, but I'll just say it doesn't end well for the minotaur or the kid's lips. Marvin Grambling, the uh, the writer now. Look at Amateur you. writer. You know, I, I've taken a couple classes. As you knew, I was a crit lit major and a lit crit minor. Um, I, you know, studying, writing. And then I, you know, I obviously took time off to be a little league coach, competitive eater. And then one day I said, you know what? If Bill Shakespeare can do it, so can Marvin Grambling. Got a, got a fountain tip pen and a moleskin notebook. And I've been writing like, I, you know, I don't know, Allen Ginsberg ever since. The poet. Yeah. Anything, anything that you're working on now? I'm working on a, a collection of, of haikus, um, and it's entitled Cherry Blossoms in December. Um, it's mostly just about me being cold in my apartment because the heat's been a little finicky. Um, but I got this cherry tree, this uh, cherry blossom tree outside, and it is wilted beyond belief. You, the cherry tree. All right. I'm orchard. Uh, excuse me, a cherry blossom tree. Okay, so that doesn't produce fruit. No, sir. Only fruit I'm eating every day is the Haribo gummy frogs and some loose pieces of cantaloupe. Gotcha. No, because speaking of that, we had a guest on last week. I don't know if you, you listened to the episode. Oh, you uh, bet I did. Uh, uh, we didn't publish it yet. It's still in the works. But this this young kid, this young tech kid, 
and he, he's working with this app that you, you type something in on the internet and some kid in Cambodia gets a, a tree that produces fruit. Well, that's not a bad idea, but so your kid get the kid gets a tree. Right. What do I get? Well, you get, you know, you rest easy knowing that some kid's got a tree. Oh, I see. This new virtual signaling stuff. Yeah. Whatever. I don't even know what it's called, but yeah. Yeah. Bad signal on my end. Well, that sounds pretty nice. I'd look into that. You know, I've been known to plant a tree or two in my day. I was working in the community garden in Philly before, you know, the winter hit. It was very nice to get connected back to the earth. I, you know, I, I was I was uprooting some veggies. I was putting down a couple radishes, and I met a wonderful, wonderful sixty-year-old woman um, who runs the community garden. And she and I have, you know, kind of hit it off. What's her name? Her name is Lauren. That's and lovely. yeah, lovely. She's a silver fox, wears nothing but overalls most of the time, hands caked in dirt because of the gardening but you know there's something about you know you know it's like the beauty and the beast right when you when you find the one you don't let it go right right who's the beast me of course jimmy i mean you've seen me i know i'm just busting chops ah you know lauren's a good person she you know she's got three children um they're about you know the same age as my nieces and nephews and, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm pretty thrilled to be starting to be in a relationship with her and, you know, really looking to see what kind of what blossoms from that, along with those cherry blossoms outside my window. Look at that. That's that's what I call symmetry on the show. Exactly. Um, Going to take a, a quick break. I want to thank my sponsor um, through thick and thin. Have they been with us tied to go pens? Uh, you know, if you're, you're you're meeting the love of your life in the community garden and you get a stain on your shirt or wherever on your knees tied to go pens, a simple rub and you're good to go. Um, look, Marvin Grambling, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. I should say mm. big fan of, Hey, how you doing? You and I have since our initial meeting have developed somewhat of a friendship and we, we get along uh, pretty great, you know, over lunch, was, that yeah. kind of thing. I was, I was so excited. You, you said, you know, Marvin, after the recording we did the first time, which was a smash hit, you know, it was on the front page of iTunes. And you said, Marvin, I want to thank you. Come on down to New York. We'll do outdoor dining in a bubble tent with a waiter who's got a hand sanitizer. Let's go get some pasta. I said, sure. I hightailed, I hightailed my ass up in my Subaru Outback all the way to New York. Went to, uh, you know, a great little pasta place on 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 the Bowery. And I said, Hey, you know, Jimmy, let's try something a little different. I right. want you to get into the spirit of competitive eating. Let's have no utensils on the table. And I'm going to order a bunch of meatballs. That there was a learning curve for me. Cause you know, my, my, I, you just said, plant your face directly in the pasta. Yeah. And just kind slurp of, it up. I, you, you, I almost choked. Yeah. I, it's kind of like bobbing for apples, but you know, it's a little, it's like spaghetti water, you know, waterboarding, right. Slurping, slurping for noodles, slurping for noodles. I love that. That could be the title of this episode. I'll think about it. So, so we usually we're very agreeable. We, we see the world in a very similar light. That's we, we do. Though, we got to talking just a little thing. Oh, I don't, I don't right. even remember. You know what I'm going to bring up? I'm going to bring up it. the moon landing thing. The moon landing. Right, because all right, so 
Marvin Grambling is is a lot of things. One thing it, he is is a conspiracy theorist, and yeah, I'm calling you a conspiracy theorist because why don't well why don't you you sh- I think they landed on the moon, but why don't you you tell the listeners what what you think? Well, you know, more than fine to call me a conspiracy theorist. You know, the last time I was on the show, I talked about you know the Boston Tea Party and the infamous Arnold Palmer incident that right. set it all off. This time, you know, Jimmy and I are—we're sitting having pasta using only our only our mouths. Looks like we're we're a gerbils feeding off of a water tube. Sauce marinara all, all over the place. And I was you—I was in that white tux too. So, well, you know, guess who? I, guess who had a fucking tied the go pen? Exactly. That there was the go. best sponsorship you've ever done. I would say we we get you know the the waiter comes over, starts grating cheese on our pastas. And you, I look at you and I say, you know, the moon's just a big wheel of cheese, right? I mean, you looked at me like I was Princess Di. Princess Di. As in Diana. Coming back from the grave, you were so shocked. You said, Marvin, the moon's a piece of cheese? And I said, I mean, there's too much evidence against it, but go on. Well, you know. I, the evidence against it and for it is pretty strong. You know, many people, you know, in the 1960s, of course, you know, the moon landing, you can't possibly get on the moon. It's covered in cheese. It's kind of a fondue, if you will. All those craters is like a Swiss cheese. And then, of course, you know, they made up the whole thing. You know, they say, oh, this guy, Neil Armstrong, he lands on the moon. Many people do not know this, but I have a I have primary source documents that say it was not Neil Armstrong. It was actually Lance Armstrong who right. landed on the moon because that he left. Tough. Yeah. OK, go on. All right. Let me let me just burn this off. because it's Lance Armstrong, because they left a Livestrong bracelet in one of the craters of cheese on the set of the moon. Right. And, you know, you said the because it's yellow, that cheese is yellow, that whole thing. Exactly. You were taken aback by all this. I will say take it aback with sauce on my face with, with covered, covered in sauce. It looked like, you know, I don't want to get crass. It looked bad. Let's just say that much. Right. And then, well, you have the other thing that because uh, they're bringing back samples. They're bringing back these cheese moon rocks. Yeah. You, you said that that's how craft craft cheeses. Uh, what like that made up its inventory for years yep so all that you need to know is that nasa and craft singles are in bed together every time you have a piece of one of those craft singles you're eating a piece of the moon quote unquote as they call it you know what you know what marvin i've got time this weekend that i might reconsider your argument because i i, I don't know i i'm, I'm kind of tasting the cheese in my mouth already i'm thinking about you eating cheese it's good. You, See, you might have something here. That's my favorite part about you, Jimmy. Not only you're a great host, you're willing to listen to Marvin Grambling's ramblings and really try to hone in on one particular topic. And you like to see all the different angles of it. Much like when you're looking at the moon, you can notice, oh, look, is that baby bell? Oh, is that craft? Is it provolone? It really can be whatever you want as long as you have the primary source documents to back it up. And um, all right, speaking of listening to things, we, uh, we, we introduced this new segment. We got our official email. It's uh, hey, how you doing podcast at gmail.com. And, you know, fans can write in. Um, a, a lot of the fans 
knew that you were coming on. And so they, they had some questions. Um, and so, but this one's right for me. Um, let's see here. Uh, Katie in Sacramento. Hi, Jimmy, my boyfriend, and I love the podcast. I love you too, Katie in Sacramento. However, since June, our love life has really taken a hit. Any tips to spice up the romance during quarantine? Thank you, Katie in Sacramento. Uh, huh. Tips to spice up the, the romance during quarantine. You want me uh, to take this first, Jimmy? Yeah, why don't you take this? Because I'm, I'm bone dry since uh, Good. quarantine. Yeah. Well, you know, the best part about being, you know, spicing up your love life is that every that what because if I am and I will continue to be a competitive eater, food plays a big part in the situation that is romance. Okay. One night I said to Lauren, you know, my 60 year old gardener girlfriend, I said, why don't you come over to my basement apartment with the space heater? No windows. You come on in, the door's open. I'll have dinner. I'll, I'll be making dinner for us both. Lauren gets down there. She texts me a couple minutes before. She says, what do we have? And I said, it's a sushi night. She walks in. That's I your am, forte. That's my forte, baby. She walks into my apartment, basement level, and all the candles are lit. And she walks into the living room, and I'm laying supine on my, on my credenza with a bunch of shrimp and teriyaki and California rolls all over my naked body. Right. So she is taken aback at first, but I said, grab some chopsticks, baby, dive in. So she then proceeded to have a 45-minute omakase dinner across my spine, torso, and nipples. That's a vivid image. It, it, it's disturbing where the soy sauce was, but I know this podcast is trying to get to the top of iTunes. So I won't say much, but I'll just tell you this. That really spiced up the situation. And frankly, to have a woman eat edamame out of your belly button is one of the finest things I've ever had in my life. And um, all right. So that's a one time thing. And, and I'd imagine that that meant a lot for her. Yeah. And, you know, make, you know, to answer your, your, your call or your email is question. Spice it up with a date night that's themed. You know, I obviously you don't have to choose naked sushi. That's what I did because I'm, you know, I'm a lover, not a fighter. But, you know, do whatever. You know, if you're going to do an Indian night, you know, get some halal on your back. You know, a pasta night, get a bunch of lights, make it look like a nice olive garden. You know, spice it up. Gotcha. Look, Katie in Sacramento, uh, I hope that does it for you. I don't know how creative you want to get, but but there you go. Thank you, Marvin. No problem, Jimmy. Yeah, so look, uh, we got a lot of time left. Uh, anything you, on your mind? Yeah, I was going to talk to you about something that we discussed briefly over our pasta lunch, yeah. which was, and I will continue to say, we were making New Year's resolutions. Right. And you, right. one of yours really stuck with me. In 2021, and, and uh, you know, of course, correct me if I'm wrong. In 2021, you said you finally wanted to learn how to drive a car. Look, yeah, I, I, I had no idea. Um, everyone's talking stick. Everyone's talking uh, manual, automatic. I, it's, it's Chinese to me. I want to go places. I want to see the world. I, I haven't left New York metropolitan area in, I don't know, 30 years. Oh, baby. I don't even, but where do you start? It's, it's quarantine. Like, do I have to I go into the DMV? They're going to, how do you socially distance a, a driving a car? Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess you got to have your, your, your instructor sitting the way back yeah. or the trunk. 
You see, you know, look, you... I'm already talking myself out of it, but yeah, that's, that's the, the problem. Right. It's a motivation thing. So if anything, I got two, I got, I got to get motivated to want to drive. I yeah. got to get motivated to get, to get the license. Yeah. You drive, I, you drive a Subaru. Yeah. I drive a Subaru out back. It's, it's, it's mahogany. It's a 98 Subaru, no GPS. You know, it's got an AM FM. So what do but, you use? You use MapQuest? I, you know, I, I got, I print out a MapQuest before my trip usually. So I can follow each step of the way. It's very helpful when you're traveling to, you know, somewhere like Burlington, Vermont for a weekend with your 60 year old girlfriend. And, you know, I, I love the sounds and the sights and the, and the feel of the open road. We didn't get to your I'm, I'm trying to remember. We didn't get to your uh, resolution. Yeah. So I, I didn't want to mention it there because I was, you know, I was a little embarrassed about it. But what I'd really like to take up in the year 2021 is studio painting. Look, I all right. You got to say more because I didn't even know you were this this involved in the arts. Yeah, well, you know, after the writing thing, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Jimmy. My writing is looking a little more like R.L. Stein than John Steinbeck. And when I was in Tokyo, I had one of those awesome caricature drawings done for me where I was riding a skateboard right. and had Mickey Mouse's ears. And I thought to myself, well, boy, that is art. You know, you go to the MoMA, you go to the Philadelphia Fine That's Art awesome. Museum, you see some cool shit, but but the Mickey Mouse stuff. Yeah, that's probably what that's for me. That's so fine, I have a, art. fine yeah. art. And, you know, when I texted you a couple weeks ago saying, you know, what's your favorite art school in New York? And you mentioned Pratt. I said, all right. So on a whim last week after, you know, a couple Kool-Aid jammers, I applied with some of my work. It was mostly watercolors and it was mostly of the same lake, but you know, fingers crossed. I ha fingers crossed on my end too, good buddy. Oh man, you're too sweet to me. So look, um, you, you know, I'm not a big pop culture guy. Oh, uh, you are not. I, but uh, my, my, uh, cause I got family here too. I, I, I don't even know what the fuck they're doing here. They sat me down, uh, a couple of cousins of mine. They sat me down and I, they had me watch this new Wonder Woman movie. Oh, boy. With this gal Gadot. Yeah. I, I, you know, when you're making a movie about an American superhero, good to hire an Israeli person for the lead. Oh, she's Israeli. I, I didn't know that. Well, you know, I don't want to point fingers, but, you know, free Palestine. Uh, okay. Well, you know, like that's a separate that's a separate podcast. even. Sure. But, you know, the, it, you've it, seen it. it. You've seen the movie? I, I you know, I, I have seen the movie. It just came out, obviously. But, you know, I, Lauren, she's a, you know, she's a feminazi. So she says, you know, let's watch this movie about this lady superhero. Right. I kid you not, Jimmy. And, you know, I'm with her, you know, Jill Stein. But that movie was awful. I didn't but get just, it. I, you I know, I, I don't get nothing about nothing. If you had a superpower, that. what would it be? Mm, good question. I'd say invisibility so I could go undetected in airlines and airports so I could bring, you know, whatever I wanted on the planes. Invisibility. That's but all right. That's got to make a lot of things difficult. It would, you know, it's, it, and it's not the walk through walls kind of invisibility. It's just, you know, nobody sees me, you know, D right. Difficult when you're doing a, a, a 
a sushi date night as you're trying to lay out in, in the nude, you know, on your credenza. It's like but, floating sushi, yeah. Yeah, like floating, yeah, yeah, a floating California roll doesn't sound too appetizing, but I, you know, this this Wonder Woman, you know, she's an Israeli, and the only reason really that I said free Palestine is because a few years ago I was approached by a businessman in the Middle East about a gentleman's club in that region. Okay. And the name of that club was the Gaza Strip Club. And, you know, you'd have all kinds of exotic dances, men, women, snakes, children, whatever you might need. And obviously it was protested. Ch- pre- wait, you said children? Oh, did I say kids? Yeah. yeah could have slipped out. I, I don't know. Maybe. Depends on the zoning laws. Um, anyway, it was protested by um, Birthright and the IDF. So that business acquisition was pretty much shot in the foot. Plaxico style, and I lost about 20K in that investment. The you put Gaza Strip. In. Put money in. I put money in. I was, you know, I was hiring, you know, the dancers, the bottle service men, and, you know, I bought all these beautiful, beautiful coffee, these marble tables from a, from a Wayfair. And, you know, all of a sudden I get a note, you know, dear Marvin, you know, the IDF says if you come back to Tel Aviv, they'll shoot you in the face. That, that all right. That that's when you want to. You wish you were invisible, in, in that, situations exactly. like exactly. Good call, buddy. I don't know. I think um, if I could do anything, I would want to be able to tell. All right, it's either I can hear people's thoughts. Okay, which kind of sucks because I'm a you know a podcast host and I, I like listening to people. Yeah, or I I'd want the gift of flight or i can or i can just do things fast with my hands Mm. so what is doing things fast with your hands entail like all right i got a bunch of loose papers in my desk and i i wish i could just sit down organize everything really quickly and then get the fuck on with my day Mm. so like a a, like an optimization of self or like right i could I, i could shave in five seconds Oh, so you want super speed is what it sounds okay, like. Okay, I guess I want speed. I want to just do things quickly. I get very impatient. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool, right? We did, were you a big fan of The Flash growing up? Uh, funny enough, my, my parents, they didn't really love the comic book stuff. Oh. So I had to go to my neighbor's house, a good an Irish kid. Um, Fresh off the boat, actually, he talked funny. Oh, like Angela's Ashes. Yeah, like Angela's Ashes. So that's kind of where I got my knack for, you know, sitting down and trying to understand people because I couldn't understand a word this kid was saying. Mm, So that's where the listening came from. And by the way, Angela's Ashes, it's a laugh a page, truly. That's by, uh, who who the fuck's that by? Uh, Frank Frank somebody. Yeah, Frank somebody. Yeah, so I I'd want to you know take a page out of his book, and just do things real fast. Real fast. So when you were growing up and you were you're hanging out with this Irish kid, you know, right, in the Bronx, in the Bronx, and uh, you know, little little Mister Lucky Charms, what was your favorite activity to do as a kid? I loved. Uh, we did this thing called street sledding. Street and sledding. Street sledding. Because, you know, we, we didn't have any, we didn't have many hills around where we can, you know, 
in the, in the winter time. It, there was a, it was a snowball's chance to get snow even, uh, you know, but when it did snow, it, it dumped. So street sledding, you, you go to the, the, the steepest hill you could find. In do the you know Bronx. Those, in the Bronx. So do you know those, um, what is it called? Like the slabs you, you move meat on. So like, yeah, I yeah, think so. There's so. a butcher shop right near us. And then, so they're lugging these giant hunks of meat across and it's got wheels. Okay. All right. It's almost like a closet type thing with wheels. So we'd get one of those or pretty much anything that rolled. Got and, it. And just push the kid down the street. Oh shit. So you get, you get pretty fast on these things. Yeah. We also played kick the kid with one shoe, you know, because not everyone could afford shoes. And oh. you see some kid without a shoe and you'd go and you fucking kick him. Terrible yeah. game. Oh, so it is really like Angela's ashes in the Bronx, huh? Yeah, pretty much. And they're all, you know, and everybody's drunk. Probably everyone's drunk. Everyone's a Jew or, or Dominican and it's all. <laughs> yeah. Or Irish, I guess. I don't know where this kid came. His name was Connor O'Malley. Oh yeah. And he I, just I... shows up one day. Fresh from Dublin. Probably. Something dumbling. Uh, what is it? Now, here's another fun history fact for you. Uh, hit me. Hit me. Lucky charms were not invented in Ireland, but Scotland, believe it or not. Not invented in Ireland, but in Scotland. Okay. You know, some people would say lucky charms. Well, it's a leprechaun. Must be Irish. No, no, no. Cultural appropriation, my friend. It was a Scottish man named Seamus, close to an Irish name. And one day he was out out in his garden picking marshmallows fresh from the ground. And they accidentally mixed in with the multigrain cereal he was eating at the time. And he had his boom aha moment. Let me let me ask you something, Marvin. Yep. Where do you get your your information? Because that's I'm not ready to believe that or not believe it. I just want to. Where's that coming from? Yeah, so most of the information that I've been getting for the last 20 years, my most trusted source is IMDB. They have a great forum section for, you know, the amateur historian. I get a lot of information from my buddies on Club Penguin at miniclip.com backslash Club Penguin. And I'd say my third primary source is worldstarhiphop.com. Okay. That's, there's a lot of difference, I think, in those sources. You got to look for a diversity in opinion. You don't want to just read the Jew York crimes. Right, right. Well, I didn't know you were were so adamantly against the times. Well, you know, every other day I got to hear an op-ed piece about apologizing for Donald Trump's. I'm good, dude. I'd much rather watch a fight compilation on World Star. What do you think? So my brother was telling me the other day, he's, I don't know where he is on the political Mm. side. But he was talking about media. He's talking about the Facebook. What the Facebook? They're doing something with. They're like pushing some some view. I, I, you might know the story better. Yeah, you know, because I'm on Facebook six to eight hours a day, just checking in on my high school buddies, seeing you know how hollowed they out they are by fentanyl, and you know the amount of information you're getting on Facebook is not only alarming, but it's so incredibly satisfying. You know, you can follow trusted sources like, you know, there's this guy who is, uh, he's a, he's a doctor, you know, and he's going after Dr. Fauci's mask policy. And he's saying, you know, they're unsafe. You keep, you know, keep going, 
with your regular lives. You're good on the COVID stuff. And so I started following him. And I'll tell you this much. I love Dr. Pepper's page. He posts games, fun stuff, and the occasional anti-vax repost. I, that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff that I don't understand. But I'm sure the viewers, listeners at home know what you're talking about. Got to keep up, Jimmy. You, got, you can't be sheeple. Remember, I told you this when we yeah, had lunch. I, I actually wrote it down. And that's why, see, if I had the power to organize my desk, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I'd be oh. you know, So we got to wrap up um, in just a few minutes. I want to thank Tide to Go Pens once again. Yeah. Um, last question. Please. To, to anyone who's looking to get into the world of competitive eating for the first time, how do you, where do you start? Oh, man. Well, if you were to start somewhere or at least one where, I would say start studying the greats, the Joey Chestnuts, the Marvin Gramblings, the Kobayashis of the world, and watch a bunch of their competitions. And All right. second... Yeah, sorry. I just, you know, I get a little choked up talking about the greats. But if you really want to become a great or at least a good, the first thing you got to do is find a food that works for you. You know, some people, oh, hot dogs are good because I shove them down my gullet fast with water. For me, it's dumplings because they, you know, I can store them in my cheeks like a squirrel in winter. So I don't have to completely consume them during a competition. And, you know, find it for you. Find the food for you. I had a, a young buddy of mine looking to get in the game. He says, Marvin, I'm really into olives. No pits. And I said, hey, buddy, they don't do pitless competitions. If you move over to pitted, then we can get you to the Festival of San Gennaro in Little Italy. We go visit my buddy Jimmy and stop over, have some pasta. And then you compete for a $25 Amazon gift card. There you go. I, I appreciate you you telling the listeners that. So just just to reiterate, it's you got to find the food first. Find the food, study the greats, pick your lane, and of course, you know, low impact, high intensity elliptical work. Wonderful. Hey, look, always good chatting with you, Marvin. Always, buddy. You're the man. You got plans for the rest of the day, or what's oh, the rest of the day? Oh yeah, it's well, it's. You know, I don't know. I, I got to watch the 76ers play ball later. They're playing my team. They're playing the Knicks. Oh, all right, baby. Well, we'll text about that. But, you know, I still got family here. I got all my brothers and my freaking nieces and nephews. So, you know, they want me to do a dinner for them tonight. So I'm thinking of doing shrimp scampi with some Haribo peaches. Are you keeping your clothes on uh, or what this time? I go, I go topless always for dinner. There you go. You kiss, know that kiss about the cook. Kiss, the, kiss cook. the Kiss the cook. I'm wearing nothing but an apron and some jeggings for the most part for dinner. It's my house. What size? <laughs> oh, jeggings. You know, I'm wearing a 39 waist, 42 length. They look like bell bottoms, to be honest with you, buddy. But we got everybody in one room. It's great to have the gramblings together in my sub-basement apartment. No windows. So I've been giving the kids, you know, balls of yarn like the street cats to play with. That sounds like a, a good time. I wish I was there. Wish you were too, buddy. I can't drive, and I'll, I'll work on that. Yeah, you work on that, and we'll get you up to Philly. We'll get you a nice cheesesteak. That sounds delicious. Uh, all right, this has been another episode of Hey, How You Doing? Uh, thank you, Mr. Grambling, and uh, go Knicks, baby.